Hi there and welcome to everybody uh, on the Wednesday bulletin from This Is Ibrox today. I'm joined by the Whirl Ranger himself, JB. How are you doing today, JB? Yeah, very well, thanks. Back to talk about Rangers and um, a day of ticket and joy. So yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that in a wee minute or two. And we've got debutant Jock. How are you doing today, Jock? Not too bad, looking forward to it. I know, this has got to be some sort of uh, setup that you're on on, on Buns night. Um, I think so. I could, couldn't write it. Um, but look, uh, today's show, there's hundreds to talk about as always. Going to talk about, as JB already mentioned, the, the ticketing fiasco that, that happened. Seen lots about that in social media and, and obviously within our own, uh, this is Ibrook's WhatsApp group. Um, reports on, on, on Raskin signing have gathered some pace over the last few days. That deal looks all but done. We'll discuss that in a wee bit more detail tonight as well. Uh, we'll discuss Todd Cantwell. Um, and how he, he, quite frankly, blew away most of the Rangers' dads who I think were prepared for, for slaughter him in that, that first press conference, did a lot of the right stuff. Um, see how the squad will be affected by, by all these sort of new signings coming in as well. Uh, I've got Hadji meant to be returning to the squad at the weekend, which I'm very excited about. Um, and then we'll maybe touch on Charlie McCann's move to, to Forest Green Rovers and maybe do a wee bit about St Johnson if we've got time. But uh, I'll come to you first on this, JB. Uh, on this day in 2007, Walter Smith Rangers signed Hugo Egeog from Middlesbrough on a free. Um, it's an important sign in that season as, as himself and, and Davey Weir sort of really, really shored up what was quite a leaky defence under, under Paul Le Guin. I, I can't think of the big... Uh, was it Carl Svensson we had uh, before? Oh, my God, before he came in. Um but he's best remembered for, for that goal uh, against Celtic, a goal I think we could all watch a hundred times over and, and never get bored of it. But you've got fond memories of uh, Hugo Egeog and his, I was surprised, right? it was only nine appearances for Rangers that he had, JB. Yeah, I think he only had nine. Obviously, he was coming towards the end of his career, wasn't he? After doing really well down south, um, spells it was at Aston Villa and Middlesbrough. Um, I think he'd done quite well at Middlesbrough. Was he? I think he was involved in the... A couple of cup, good, decent cup runs that they had and stuff, and yeah, yeah. obviously lots of experience and came up the road. Um, probably just as a short term fix to do a wee bit of a job for us. And as you said, uh, that goal, um, don't think anyone was expected. I'm sure if he tried it 99 times <laughs> out of 100, it would go probably sky over the bar. And hopefully, hit one of them in the face, but it was, um, yeah, no, very memorable. Um, it was always going to be difficult difficult for him when he came because I think Quailar and Weir were starting to form a relationship, if memory serves me right. So, um, yeah, but no, best bit, obviously, good memories of the, of the goal. And um, he obviously came, came under, you know, under Walter. And um, I'm sure, obviously, when you read any of the tribute to him since he passed away a couple of years back, um, seemed like a real gentleman as well. So, yeah. Yeah, he just he seems like one of one of football's real good guys. Um, Jock, I'll come to you and on just a, a wee word on, on Hugo. But before we get into that, I just want to. I noticed uh, something I saw on social media today. Um, when he was talking about his move up here, he said, um, "We didn't even discuss a contract, really. I was just told, do you want to play for Rangers? And when Walter Smith is on the phone asking you that, the answer's always yes. We sorted out the money once I was up there." I think that just says everything about the guy that he just wanted to come up and and, and play for us, and, and he wasn't bothered about the contract. And again, even though it was nine games, it was it was a real, real nine important performances for us in, in that st- season, just steadying the ship. Yeah, that's a, it's a your sort of typical Walter Smith signing, isn't it? You got we know somebody he knows he can trust, um, can do a job up here. So he might only made the nine appearances, but he definitely made an impact. 
Um, like again, obviously famous for that goal he scored. Um, and he, he took definitely took the took the club on board for the short time he was here with us. Yeah, he def- definitely made a big impact on him, and and yeah, well said. It's a guy you'll be missed, and and although it was a brief brief time up here, a guy that, that means a lot to a lot of people up here. Right, um, we'll get into it then, JB. I think um, you've been waiting to sort of get in your soapbox about this one. Um, before you get into it, there's a couple of wee things I just want to uh, read out. It was about 12.30 today. Rangers released the ticket and information for the Viaplay Cup final. Um, that sort of read as follows. I'll just read a wee bit of it out. Um, due to the demand for the semi-final and final tickets are allocated in the following priority groups. Season ticket holders on CCCS, who are MyJers members, season ticket holders on CCS. And then it sort of trickles down to MyJers members' general sales. Um, it said supporters in Group 1 with 1,267 or more MyJers points um, will be able to, to buy these tickets at 9am on Tuesday the 24th, which was today. Um, JB, it, it all sounds very simple on that. If you meet these criteria, here's the link. Um, go on and join it. But it sounds like it was anything but for you. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think purchasing tickets is one of the most difficult things you can actually do as a Rangers fan. I think uh, regardless of how we perform, then we're always there queuing for the next ticket, aren't we? But it was just, it's just a farce. I mean, I logged on as soon as the email come through and you knew right what time you got to go, clicked on the link. Got onto the website. I thought, well, they've actually looks like it looked a bit slicker. And I thought, oh, we are. What's going on here? We've got a new, <laughs> new website. We're going to fly through this. Two and a half hours later, still no ticket. Um, change. It was asking me to change my address. It was asking me to um, check my bank details. It was asking me couldn't uh, add me and my dad into the same purchase, which normally you need to log in, log back out again, click on his link, and you put the two together wasn't wasn't having any of that um it was then saying there was no tickets available in the west stand and then sorry the north stand and then the south stand and then the west stand so you go through all the rigmarole and then when you do get to a payment screen it was then just crashing um but i don't know we, we do know how to make things difficult i mean if you've got that many people i'd love to know what the up, up upright take is of the tickets that get sold to people who are on the ccs i reckon it's probably in the high 90s so if that's the case, why put them on general sale? Why not just allocate them a ticket and say you've got 24 hours if you don't want a ticket? So therefore, instead of having a situation where you've got X amount of thousands of people trying to get onto a, a shocking website, I picked the words carefully there in case there's any kids, <laughs> um, then just do it that way. And then by via exception, via email, you then say, if you can't make the ticket or you don't want to go to the game, then email and then say for example you then deal with 15 emails instead of trying to deal with thousands of people going through a website that isn't fit for purpose surely the i mean there must be enough people in in and around ranges that could organize something as simple as that um but who knows i, I, I don't know it just I, I mean i know they've promised that they've uh, the new website's going to be coming soon and i think i've seen sort on heart and hand they've tweeted out to say they spoke to the club who've agreed it was unacceptable uh, but why can't the club do that? Do you know what I mean? Why can't why can't we just feel as if we are part of the club? Generally, feels as if um, we're part of the club when it suits. Um, but when it comes to the communication side of things, it's shocking. Um, I mean, the only thing it looks like they've updated on the new website is the font is all Rangers font. 
Uh, I think that's the only the only positive thing I can say about it. But uh, managed to get the tickets in the end, two individuals. So me and my dad have got two tickets in the same stand. Uh, so I've emailed the club to say, I've bought these as friends and family, as I've do, done the last few years. But I've had to buy them as two separate tickets, so hopefully we can put them together. So we're seated together on the day. Um, so, But we'll wait and see how we go. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be holding my breath out for that one, JB. That sounds like something needs to apply a bit of common sense to that. Um, but mm. something, just to go back to something you said there, you're totally correct about the the communication aspect of it. You know, why is it coming out via via heart and hand that the, the club are aware that there's a ticket issue? Should that not be, uh, I mean, fair play to heart and hand for, for, for going and asking the question, yeah. but should that not be uh, available to us, uh, you know, through the official club's Twitter channel or whatever, just just acknowledging it? Because the biggest criticism, something since my years was perhaps introduced, is that we are not supporters, we are customers very much when it comes to this. And I think that's the way a lot of us um, have ended up feeling. Um, Jock, a, a, a nice easy question for, for your debut in the, in the podcast to, to start off and uh, to come in here on. Um, but, uh, you know, we were having a wee brief chat about it before we came on. The sort of next aspect of, of this whole issue was um, a lot of people were very, very unhappy that, that the points threshold had just seemed to jump up a, a massive gap again. I mean, it's not quite there, but I mean, it's it's almost tripled. Uh, last year for, for, for the same or equivalent final, uh, you had to be in the CCCS and have 470 points and you, you were pretty much guaranteed a ticket. This time it's 1,267 um, points, which is which is crazy. Uh, the SLO came out and he maybe caveated that a wee bit by saying um, more fans in a priority group uh, uh, one and the further year on um, and this point has a higher average also more tickets are required by the organisers for a final v semi-final what's your thoughts on on the goalposts seem to shift so massively yet again for the Majors points? Well that's the thing the demand's going to be there so if they shift the, the goalposts on the on the points there's less people to deal with so maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking outside the box here and thinking if they shift the, the, the points to a higher number, there's going to be less people qualify, there's less traffic coming into the site. Maybe, you know, the, the Rangers website notoriously has been poor for years. Whether it be traffic income and, you know, the website going down and they're trying to try and buy tickets at an important time. Um, and this seems to be rumbling on even now. I know that you've said this, uh, the, um, the website's getting redone again. Um, hopefully they improve the infrastructure that can deal with the amount of traffic coming to it. Speaking from an IT background, um, that might help matters, but because I, uh, I was on Twitter scrolling through earlier and I'm seeing some of the issues people were having. It was asking them to change their details. They've logged in with their own, the correct account information. It's popped them back out. They've logged back in again and it tells them to update their address. Just silly things like that shouldn't be happening, especially at a club of the size of ours where we know and the demand has been at this club for that for I don't know how long now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's there's there's always going to be somebody looking at ticket. And and it should be simpler than what it is. I understand the way the my dears works now, like you say, they're looking at us as not a fan, but as from a business perspective. A lot of clubs are going that way. I'd say it's probably the same down down in England. And I think that's maybe where the club's looking, trying to take those kind of models. And apply it to here because we have the fan base for it we have the demand for it 
Um, certainly shifting the goalposts at such a late time, I don't think that's going to rub a lot of people up the wrong way. And the Majors numbers might be impacted for that coming the, the renewals next season. Yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult one. It's, it's No matter what happens, and, and I think uh, as frustrated as we all are, I think the club are just going to keep doing this because because they know, yeah. the, know the demand's there and that, that's ultimately the most disappointing thing. Like just even a wee, a wee token gesture of of something just uh, would, would be good, to, especially given that, that John Bennett was on in his interview earlier on this season, saying that communication improvement would be one of the one of the big things. Um, JB, I'm just going to come to you um, on this next point about about the ticket. And there was a there was actually a tweet we um, put out on our uh, this is Ibrook's Twitter account. Go give us a like and, and follow on that. Um, we asked, you know, how would you change it? And there was a suggestion here, and it just said uh, it was quite good. It was from uh, Loyal KP Seven. And he said, scrap my jers, add a levy of £20 on its season ticket cost to the fans who want to be considered for CCCS away games and return to the old potluck ballot for away games, no categories. Um, what do you think about, about that as a suggestion? To me, OK, the club might lose a, a bit of income from it, but in terms of supporters, it seems like the fairest way to do it. It's a real... I mean, don't get me wrong, there's there's no right way to do it. Do you know, let, let's have it right. Uh, in terms of the, the demand, it's it's probably pretty much unrivaled. Um, I mean, at my little brother, he's actually a season ticket holder with Everton, so I get to see the way their journey is. So for Everton, to, for you to get an away ticket, you need to have been to the last 27 away games and not miss the game. So they've got a population of probably about 1,212, 1,300, 1,400 people who are all in that category. Now, similar to Rangers, it's not all the 1,200 people that go. Do you know what I mean? So one guy applies and then he just keeps his name ticking over. Then the tickets get handed out, which which is fine because otherwise supporters clubs and stuff wouldn't be able to function unless that kind of piece was in play. But it's it, it's just frustrating. I mean, obviously, I live down south, so any tickets that I kind of get, even for home or aways, I'm lapping them up and jumping all over them. Uh, but in terms of the... In terms of the, the regularity and the best way to do it, you're not going to find a fair way. I do think the travel club should have been treated as an exception. Um, I think that was something that, oh, I mean, I won't bore you on that one, but I've gone back <laughs> and through with the Rangers SLO on that one a few times. Uh, I was up to pretty much max on that and then um, overnight disappeared and then obviously then, then led to not being able to get a Europa League final ticket through the official channels despite going to the arseholes of absolute nowhere in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Do um, you know what I mean? There was about, I remember going to Skopski and crossing a border between Greece and um, Greece and Macedonia and with uh, guys getting on buses with guns and that. Uh, that was when it was low, you know, going over there for a nil-nil and not getting a shot and Jamie Murphy playing up front on his own. But it's one of them. It, it's then, it's, it's how do you please people? I mean, I think that the fairest way would probably be Open, open bracket, tick the box if you're a season ticket holder, and then away you go. But we're probably too far down the line for that now. So any idea is a good idea. And I do I do sympathise with the club in the fact that you're never going to be able to please everyone. You've got supporters buses that want to probably take 50 to every away game. You've got individuals like me and my dad who would probably want to travel together to every away yeah. game. Um, and then you've got, got some people who might just want to... And then you've got the... All the other elements, obviously, you've got your fans with disability challenges in terms of their allocation and what, how they're, how, what, how they're treated when they get to opposition grounds and stuff. So, it's, it is a minefield. But one thing's for certain: the club just don't speak to us enough. 
Uh, we have these mystery engagement sessions that nothing ever comes out. Yeah. We send out surveys to say, this is what you think of my chairs. You never find out the results. So somebody's sitting in an office with a survey monkey sitting there with a file, but they don't share it. So it's 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 almost a case of what's the point. Um, but yeah, but let's let's look. We've got a few positive things to talk about anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I just there's been so much transfer talk in that, and and as I said, yeah, I agree, too yeah. much chatter on social media to take gloss over something like this because as you said, I feel like it's like a broken record. We have had talks like this before, and it's everybody's experienced it, the ticketing issues, and and the sooner the better for a new ticketing website. I wholeheartedly agree with you there, JB. Look, Jocko, I'll come to you in the next um, talking point here. Um, reports on, on Nicholas Raskin all been um, but done. Uh, there's several replaces reporting already that a pre-contract's certainly been agreed um, with a medical having taken place in London a couple of yep. days ago, um, and that it just looks like that Rangers and Standard Liège are, are, are sort of finalising a, a transfer compensation. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on Rangers signing a guy um, of, of the profile of, of, of Nicholas Raskin, Jock? He looks like a Beal player. I think he's just going to fit right into that midfield, sitting, sitting back and just spraying passes about. Cause I, I read Kai's, um, Kai's uh, report that he did on him, and he put that out on, on Twitter there. And then I did a wee sort of YouTube hunt. Now, I don't really believe in YouTube videos because <laughs> YouTube videos, the games that you see them play, they're open games. They're not the games that they play, that Rangers are going to play every week in, week out, where they're, you know, there's a flat back, two back, banks of four, bank of five. There's no space to, to spread passes about. But he has ability looking at it. Uh, his ball retention is very good. He likes a tackle. Sort of, I've, I've seen people comparing him to... Kevin Thompson, but he's saying I think he's better than Kevin Thompson because he can play 40, 50 yards and he channels in behind. And I think, you know, Kent and Sakala are going to be the beneficiaries of that. Um, he's going to he's going to drive us up the park from from you know from deep in the midfield. He seems to be a very forward-thinking player, very direct player, and it's something I think our midfield's been lacking for. I say him a good three, four, maybe plus years. Yeah, no, that's uh, bonus points there from uh, from the the up above. So this is Ibrooks for for some promoting of of Kai's article there, Jock. I'm sure I'm sure that'll keep them happy. Um, but uh, yeah, JB, just a similar question to you. It was um, Rangers review. I was that was a really really good. Um, interview with uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to butcher this name like Morelos was butchering bums earlier on. But Sasha Tavoleri, um, the Belgian journalist on the Ranger Review, he said he seemed to highlight his aggressiveness. Um, he loves a tackle. Um, seems to be quick, not hesitating when he's playing. You know, it's literally like he's been watching this podcast, all the things that we've been moaning about for the last six months, and said, "Here's a player that can do." All of those things, and he's a Belgian under twenty three internationalist. Um, what's your thoughts on on us? It looks like we've we've got a guy like Raskin on the books. Yeah, I mean, when he was linked uh, initially, you thought I almost thought he was going to be out of our reach. To be perfectly honest, I thought he he'd been linked with Leeds. I think he'd been linked with Barcelona, uh, but like everyone else, to be fair, but he'd been linked with some decent clubs, and then. That kind of went quiet, so you kind of wrote him off. And then the start was then obviously the start of this season, and then he was linked with Marseille and a few teams in France. 
which, as you say, the journalist yesterday uh, kind of dismissed to say, no, the only link was with, was it with Toulouse with his old, his, his old manager. Um, but no, I think he ticks the box in terms of what we've been looking for from a Rangers midfielder. Um, don't get me wrong, I am going to miss Jack to Lundstrom, Lundstrom to Jack, Jack to Lundstrom, back to Goldson to Davis, back to Lundstrom to Jack. But uh, it will be good to have somebody that sounds if he's quite direct as well. Uh, so he's not just someone that's going to sit in front of the back four. And as Jock touched on there, on Kai's piece on, on the website, it's almost a case of he will offer us something different. Uh, I think we've got enough of the players who can make you five, ten-yard passes. So we just need to be probably patient with the kid. Um, he is a young lad. He's going to be coming in to play in front of a very demanding crowd. He hasn't kicked the ball, uh, I don't think, since November. So by the time he, similar to Cantwell, by the time he does come in, um, we're just going to need to rally around him and make sure he's ready. I do think it's a real smart move, and I know it's something we're going to discuss a wee bit later on, but getting guys like Cantwell and Raskin in um, so they're good to go for the start of next season, um, I think it's a really clever model if we can pull it off. Yeah. Um, just want to say thanks to Jim Sloan there. That's that's really appreciated them um, coming into the channel. Um, yeah, totally agree with you with you there, JB. I'm going to stick with you on this next question because it's it's something that that uh, I've had a wee think about myself, and it's the how do you feel about especially guys like Cantwell? Rangers have been pretty vague on on the deal and how long it is and, and the fee that was agreed. Again, and I, I know we're talking and. Uh, it might happen here, it's not officially confirmed yet, but if Raskin does join, um, what do you think about us? I've seen it rumoured about 900,000, a million quid to get a guy six months from, from the end of his contract. What's your thoughts? Do you think that's us wasting money or, or are you happy to get them in and, and get them working, looking for next season? Given the circumstances that we're in, if we were, let's just say, for example, we were, there was three points in it or we were on this, there or thereabouts with the same amount of points, I'd probably be looking for players that we just guarantee we're going to hit the ground running, uh, which which it, it does prove difficult because the amount of players that come in, um, if there was ready-made replacements out there, we'd have probably tried to get them in the door earlier. But I don't th I think targeting players like that, it's always going to be a gamble. Um, I, I can I can see, and I said this to my dad a few uh, when Beal come in. I can see us targeting that this profile of players, so maybe players whose careers maybe just drop the wee bit and maybe just need a bit of an injection. Um, so as if we're signing a Ramsey or a player that's coming to the end of his career and go, you know what, he's been to five clubs and no one's been able to get a tune out of him. These lads are still hungry. They're still got. They've still got a lot of potential in front of them. Um, Raskin's obviously off, off the back of Belgium under 21s. Um, and Cantwell has obviously had some experience playing with the England youngsters as well. Uh, it wasn't too long ago he was keeping the Smith Row from Arsenal out of the, the England under 21 team. Um, and obviously yeah. that with some big moves as well. Uh, there's actually a real good video, and I agree with Joch in regards to when you YouTube a player. I remember watching Sebo years ago and thinking we had the new Wayne Rooney. Um, but I want, there's a real good one on there. They just show his clips against Liverpool. Um, it, they just follow him for the 90 minutes, and I think you, the video lasts about six minutes. But it just shows his real clever movement and really showed what we didn't have that night at Anfield a couple of, and at Ibrox in the second half. We didn't have a player yeah. that was prepared to get himself into a bit of space, drop a shoulder, beat a man and open the game up. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I think it is a really good model. 
Uh, if we can get players in, you say they're not, they're not all going to work. Let's have it right. Uh, but if we can get enough of them in, I think you only need one or two of them to probably work on every cycle. Um, and there's potential to make some decent money on them as well. So, no, I, I'm all aboard. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting point. I think that's just something for myself in particular. You know, Curry Muncher makes a very good point here. That money is nothing in the football world. It is, you know, to me, if it was a lot spending a million quid on a player that, that we could just get for nothing in, in six months. But yeah, I totally agree with you. It's got to be the the mar- or a market that Rangers are, are looking to, to do well in and, and have done well in, in the past with it. Um, Jock, I'll come to you in the next point here, and it's about the, the Todd Cantwell press conference. As I said, I, uh-huh. I think he... Um, What's what I'm looking for? Uh, impressed Rangers does all, all over the shop with his with his partner. He seemed to be saying all the right stuff, um, um, and 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 really really talking well about it. Um, what was your what was your thoughts uh, on a guy like like Cantwell coming in, and how impressed were you um, by by his initial press conference? Yeah, the press conference it speaks very well. It, you know, it, it's got a confident player. You know, he he, could, he, he was honest as well. Um, with, with um, I watched a Sky interview this this morning in the trophy room, and uh, he was honest in saying that he that obviously things didn't go as planned for him. Um, there was chat chat uh, things with Liverpool were maybe looking at him a couple yeah. you know a couple of years ago, because um, again he would fit their sort of profile. Uh, but he's got the got the quality, he's got the ability. You know, he's Premier League player. Anybody that plays in Premier League, you know, you'll do for Rangers. Um, He's, I like his boots. Did you see his boots? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'd say I'd say he's he'll have been advised as well. I'd say who's it? Who's it? Who's is it? Ken, no, I was going to say Ken, not Kenny McLean. Is it Ken? Who's down in Norwich with him? Yeah, it's Kenny McLean. Ah, yeah. Kenny McLean. I'd say he'd been he'd be, he'd been speaking to him. He've got plenty of info, um, so he knows what Rangers is about because he's come out and he's saying the right things. Um, and I think I think he's going to be a special player for us. I really do. I think he's going to do business, and uh, he, he likes a he plays with a smile. So one thing I noticed was looking looking through clips of him, he you can tell he's happiest when he's on the park, and somebody who's going to do that and he gives gives a hundred and ten percent, he'll fit right into this Rangers team, no bother. And he'll, he'll all the Rangers dads will be happy enough as long as he's given everything he's got. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe let those Balenciagas that he was wearing uh, slide well. or <laughs> forgiveness. Because um, that, that was that was another thing that was getting talked about a, a lot on social media yesterday. Um, look, GB, I'll come to you in the in the next question here for uh, about Todd Cantwell. It's just a couple of things that he said in his press conference. Um, it was number one. It was about. Um, Beal, to be honest with you, he said that he was impressed by Beal's incredible depth of detail in the brief conversation that he had, and he's another guy that said that he's known Beal for for a for a while now. I'm going to be careful on, on the way I say this because I was slightly worried uh, that Beal didn't quite have the same ability to attract, you know, players of the stature of Cantwell purely because Gio was in before. Obviously, a massive profile in, in the footballing world. Um, and Stephen Gerrard, well, you don't even need to say anything about that name as well. Um, uh, Bill, you know, he's, what, six, well, seven, eight months in his uh, first job as a manager. Um, it's really uh, impressive to hear guys like Cantwell talking about Bill's coaching knowledge. Yeah, I think I think everyone you kind of hear talk about Bill seems to say nothing but great things. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the way that uh, Ryan Kent talks about them um, in terms of the relationship he's had with them since he was young. Um, the 
Aston Villa goalie Martinez. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one on YouTube. Uh, him yeah. talking yeah. about being said it's the first time he's ever been at a club where there's two managers. Um, there's there was obviously Gerard that was the the mouthpiece, but then obviously there was Beal that was behind the scenes that was doing doing the the heavy lifting, if you will. Um, and I think we very much as as a fan base kind of thought that was the case when we were. Um, when Gerard came in, and we obviously got started to hear about this fella in the background that was doing the noise. He's been to Brazil. He ran coaching academies. He's um, he seems to have been involved in a, a lot. Um, so I've got this bit of a theory that sometimes that you don't have, you don't necessarily have to be a great player to be a great coach or a great manager, uh, as long as you've got something a wee bit different. And I definitely think that Beal's got that. I think you're mm-hmm. seeing that at the moment now in the Premier League, but. If you look at the, you look at the teams out with maybe one or two, I would maybe Guardiola and Arteta. There's not a lot of great ex players playing down there. A lot of them a bit are really good coaches. Whether that's been Potter, the lad at Brighton, um, I dare say David Moyes has carved himself out a, a decent career. Uh, but again, not great players, but they've got that something about them. Sir Alex Ferguson um, wasn't a fantastic player, but again, had something about him that managed to get the most out of people around him and tried yeah. to do things a wee bit outside the box as well. So, no, I think, um, I think it bodes well. I think, I do think, and back to that earlier point, the profile of the players I expect to see coming into the club now will be around that 23 24 range, and uh, maybe haven't hit the, hit the heights that were earlier previously expected. Uh, but coming to us as a platform, if you um, you're not going to get a better place to showcase yourself, we're going to have lots of the ball, we're going to win lots of games, and there's going to be an opportunity to play in Europe as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully the future's bright. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and Jock, I'm going to come to you in the next wee point here that that I was really um, impressed and and something I don't think I've ever heard somebody say in a, in a Rangers press conference before when he was asked about his style of play, where can you see him playing. He said something that he's um, uh, he's very passionate um, he's, and it's very important being on the winning team, but it's important to be in a possession-based team. Um, and he says that's going to suit his style of, way, uh, style of play. Um, he's looking forward to, to a, flee, a free-flowing attack. Jeez, oh man, the amount of tongue twisters I've written down in this bloody bit of paper tonight, um, which will give him a lot of space to go in and give and create. I was just, I was generally just getting so excited. Like I was... My jaw was open when he was just saying all this stuff because again, mm. I feel like he is the exact type of profile that we have been crying out for in a while. What What's your thoughts on, on on a comment like that? I think he obviously he obviously knows what he's coming into, and I think Beal's obviously set him up for that. Um, this is how we're going to play. He's you know he sold him the that's I, I think he's going to be a key part of that. Um, he was talking about how he could see things that maybe other people can't in terms of passes. Which, again, when a player tells you that's what he's here to do, you're going to get excited about that. That's what yeah. you want to see because that that that's our biggest problem is, is breaking down teams. It has been f- for his years because we're, we're too many passes left to right, left to right, especially under Geo. It was it was the same thing, rinse and repeat, pump the ball in the box, nothing happening. He's going to be that guy that I think can unlock that for us. Um, yeah. See things, slip through different passes, um, and just create more chances plus looking at from what i was looking at the uh, youtube videos of him he shoots when he's within a certain range of the box he's not scared to shoot he's very instinctive he sort of takes it you know he doesn't take that extra touch that maybe alfie seems to do or maybe there are a couple of our midfielders do they always want that extra touch for some reason he's instinctive 
he sees the he sees the goal and he hits it. So that's something we want to see. Um, and I'm I say I'm really excited for this guy. I really am. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Look, JB, um, the sort okay, of sorry, Kyle, there's a question come up there saying that I think it was JJJJ said he was worried about his assists uh, and goal contributions in the last few years in the last forty games. I think one of the things that we're going to see from him, I think he'll find he'll pick the ball up a lot off the back four. Yeah. So I don't think it necessarily is going to be someone that is going to hang around like a number ten. Uh, I think you'll be. I think everyone will be surprised at the amount of ground that he covers. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if you see him dropping in for that touch in between the lines. You might find he might be the second assist. Um, I can picture him maybe getting the ball, running at teams, beating a man, getting it out to Kent, getting it out to Sakala, Tavi, whoever it is in the wide positions, and then the goal's coming from there. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me, especially at Ibrox, if we do just go with that one sitter. And then you've maybe got in front of them, you've then got the likes of a Tillman, a Haji, a Cantwell, and then real ball-dominating ball players. And he likes to put a shift in as well and get his foot in. So um, that hopefully eases some fears in terms of goals and goals and assists. Yeah, that's it. There's, there's one word in and amongst all that that I've picked out that, that's pleased me the most, and it's hard-working. That's all mm. you want from, from, from a Rangers player. If, if they've got the flair and, and, and the attacking impetus there as yeah. well, then... And it's a bonus, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he's gonna gonna entertain us every time we're at we're at Ibrox. So um look GB, um the, the flip side of that point and and going on the assumption that Cantwell, Raskin and Whitaker will be coming in, um as they seem to be the three that we've certainly got very, very strong links with this transfer window. How can you see that affecting the current Rangers? team and what I mean by that was if what going on what Bill says you know I, I think we can trust him at his word he's very open very honest he has said he only wants starters in so we've got to presume that these guys will be will be starting maybe not initially in a few games but certainly towards the latter stage of the season I expect these guys to be starting so what do you think I mean do you see guys like Sakala getting dropped out of the team Lundstrom missing out on it there especially if Raskin's coming in and or do you see Tillman getting dropped deep like how do you see this impacting the, the squad as a whole yeah I, th I think it'll be a good mentality test for a few of them because I think a few of them are probably had it a wee bit easy uh, there's a couple in there that maybe even if we don't play well, there's a very good chance they're going to be in the 16 the following week. I think that was one of the things in the 55 season is you genuinely didn't know what the starting 11 was going to be. We kind of had a feel of what our strongest 11 was. But in terms of the variation that season, um, Arriba was the perfect example. He was popping up here, there and everywhere in terms of giving the manager different options and where they can play. I think some of the players as well have looked leggy. Um, so hopefully having the extra players should hopefully reduce the amount of injuries that we have as long as the management team um, utilise the squad. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still raging over Tom Lawrence when we'd only made three yeah. subs at Ibrox at home to Ross County 4-0 up and he was limping not long before and then two minutes later he got smashed. It's almost the case of I hope that we utilised the squad well. Um I don't think there's any excuse for that. Once once we've got games won and out of sight, which they don't like to do, do for us that often, um, I think utilize, having the bigger squad and having that extra level of quality should hopefully increase the quality in training and hopefully we see that on the pitch as well. Um, I mean, some of the benches over the last few weeks, you've looked to it and gone, right, who can change it when it's been tight? And you, you, you're looking at single digits as to people who you do one on. Um, so no, it's um, I think at the end of the day, and as I said earlier, if you're um, if the players who are there at the moment aren't excited by these players not coming in and giving them competition, then they're at their own club. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Jock, you know, same question to you. How how do you think that the, the squad will be um, affected in terms of? I mean, do you think it's fair that a guy like Sakala will, will will likely lose out if we do bring in somebody like Whitaker, given the rich vein of form that he's that he's in at the moment? And as Paul McGarrigle says there, I think it's a great comment. With the new players and injured players back, the first eleven in the bench will be so strong. I mean, it, it might be frightening how how strong our squad might be. Yeah, I think that the, the bench, like like JB said, the bench is somewhere that's sort of it's not been lacking for for a while now. Um, new signings, new blood coming in, it's going to get people looking over their shoulder. Um, JB was right, particularly Kent has, especially for, I'd say for about eighteen months now, that left side's been his. Whether mm. he's been, you know, whether he's been consistent or not, or he's had a couple of bad run of games, he's always starting. And these new players coming in are going to improve the squad, they're going to improve the, the starting eleven. they're going to improve the bench, everybody's going to have to up their game if they want to start for Rangers, if they want to play for the shirt, they're going to have to work harder and that's what we, that's what we want we want the best you know, the best players that train that week start, they don't want the same team going out because it's all we've got because we're not looking to the youth team to, you know, to, to bring players in um, bar an injury, you know so boys like Sakala, Sakala's been pretty consistent, you know. He's, he's get his numbers is up there, the stats is up there. I know Tillman does seem to get a hard touch from a lot of the Rangers fans, um, but his stats is up there as as well. So as long as everybody's contributing, uh, these guys they're not going to come in like you say. Obviously, uh, Campbell and Raskin and um, haven't started for a while, so they're going to take time to, to get to get uh, sort of bled into the team. The current squad then will have to up their game because they know these guys are coming in and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, I think we're hopefully going back to a wee bit more from what the, the, the Gerard era was. There's two players for every position and and, and everybody's fighting in competition because, I, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head exactly for me. It, it did not matter how bad Ryan Kent um, was was playing. He was in the squad week in, week out. And, you know, thankfully that Bill seems to put a wee bit of fire back into his belly and you yeah. could do a whole a whole separate pod and <laughs> should be mm-hmm. offer Kent a new contract, Morelos a new contract. But uh, but we'll, we'll leave that for, for another time. Uh, Jock, I'm going to stick with you on this. Um, and it's about Charlie McCann um, and, and his um, trip. It was confirmed yesterday that Charlie McCann had moved, had made a move to, to Forest Green Rovers. Again, I think there was a small fee agreed um, and, and a sell-on clause involved there and a, and a first buyback option as well, which seems to be something right, that, okay. that Rangers are inserting into to a lot of the, the clauses for, for the youngsters that they're sending out nowadays. Um mm. I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. What, what do you think? Do you think this was just a case of of Charlie McCann just at the end of the day just wasn't good enough for Rangers, given that you know he was arguably couldn't get in ahead of a, of an injured John Lundstrom, or, or are you a bit disappointed that he wasn't given a bit more of a chance, given that the fact that it, it very much looks like um, uh, Stephen Davis is, is is played his last game for Rangers and he was being lined up as the the mini Stephen Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a wee bit disappointed because I did I did want to see more of them, but I'm I'm one of those advocates. I want to see more of all the youth players in the Rangers team. Uh, unfortunately, we're not being in the position to to sort of bleed them into games when we're sitting four you know the four nil up. We've not been putting teams away to afford that opportunity for yeah. players like McCann and like Lowry. Um, Divine got a run in the team because obviously because of injury. I said same with King. 
Um, but McCann, yeah, yeah, I'm disappointed. But he's going to come up from Manchester United. We signed him from, am I right? Yeah. So you come up with obviously a bit of pedigree if he's been at Man United. Um, it was Gerard signing as well. So Gerard obviously and Ross Wilson at the time obviously thought this could, you know this could could be one for us. We could get into the team. Any time he's come on to the main, you know, the first team, he's looked okay. I had can't see him doing anything wrong. Um, but I guess he's just not being good enough, or Beal just doesn't think he's good enough, and and he's at that stage in his career now where he needs to be playing. He needs to be playing week in, week out, because um, because he obviously the kid's got ability, but he just needs to be able to showcase it, and he's just he's just not be able to do it here. So I'm so you know he goes off the forest forest green rovers with everybody's best wishes, and I do hope he. He kicks on from there, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. He's got a a hell of a tough tough start there. I think the manager just mm. got sacked today as well. And um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what they're doing now. There, Forest Green Rovers is one of these clubs you always hear about. Seem to be always on the, the right side of the environment and, and treat their fans yeah. quite quite well, which which I always um quite like to hear. Um. Look, um, I come to you next on this one, JB. Um, I wasn't really planning on talking about this, but seeing as there's a, a lot of people talking about it in, in the comments, um, it wasn't on my agenda. Um, so this is a wee bit left field, but it's about this um, RFC 56 puts here. We all know he's really keen on, on, on bringing a new striker into Rangers, doesn't really rate Morelos, but um, Millwall about to buy Nisbet for 2.5 million. So I hear, I think we should take him. Uh, really keen to get everybody's thoughts in the comments on this as well. But um, Nisbet, what's your thoughts? Would you be looking at that a guy like that at Ibrox, given Roof's injury problems, given that um, Morelos looks like he's off in the summer uh, um, and he's a proven goal scorer in the SPFL? Yeah, I mean, um, he also ticks that, which seems to be getting talked about more than ever at the moment in terms of the homegrown quota. I think... Um, He's, yeah, he's got ability. Um, I'd probably lean towards Shanklin myself if it was an option between the two, because I think you'd probably be looking to pay similar money. Um, I do think he gives it, he would give us an outlet, uh, something different. I can't picture him ever standing out, though, whenever he's played against us, but he's probably been involved with some really poor hip sides. But he's... Um, no, he, he, he's a different option, probably a different... Um, different. What's the word I'm looking for? Different... Um, portfolio to what we've got in terms of other play, other strikers at the club. Um, he's someone that can play up front on his own and he can also play as part of a two as well. Uh, the challenge you're going to have when we're dealing with, with clubs like that is going to be uh, anything we bid, they're going to just want more and more and more. Um, I think he's had a couple of ACL injuries in his, his career as well as Douglas just put up there. Uh, I think if once you have a couple of them, the, the next one's net doesn't tend to be too far around the corner. Um, yeah. I thought he looked a bit heavy when we seen him um, when he started to come back. Um, so maybe he needs another good season, another pre-season to see whether how he bounces back. But um, I think in terms of and just back to that the, the Shanklin point there, I'm not too sure what his deal looks like in terms of how long um, how long he's got left. I think. If you give me the choice between the two, that's where I'd go. Uh, I just think in terms of being able to get score goals, it's it's an option. He ticks a lot of boxes. Um, but again, I'm not overly convinced, but I wouldn't be disappointed either. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I wouldn't take him as a Morella's replacement, uh, yeah. but I'd take him as an op- another option um, for the rest of this season, certainly. Uh, get a couple of years out of him and potentially have a sell-on. So. How old is he now anyway? Is he 26, 27? Something like yeah, there or thereabouts. I'm sure some will tell us in the in the comments. I, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I think he is right about that age as well. 
Um, but yeah, look, I, I'll come to you in this next point, Jock. I think this is our very own Scott Patterson here, just just checking in on us. He said, "I'd rather bring back Scott and us," but <laughs> it's a it's a no from me. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how I, how I feel about this one. I think I think we know that that Nisbet's no no great great lover of of Rangers Football Club. Um, but you know, that being said, at the end of the day, as a professional football player, um, it's maybe slightly different from these guys. And I, I know that I've heard that. You know, when when you're a professional football player, you might you know you've heard guys talking about they're not Man City fans, but they ended up playing for Man United type thing. It's mm-hmm. a it's a totally different different animal up here. Where, where do you stand uh, in the whole um, Kevin Nisbet uh, debate, Jock? Um, he's a goal scorer. Anybody that scores goals in the SPFL is going to be used to somebody. Um, but there are he was scoring goals for us than than Hibs against us. You know what I mean? Or, or <laughs> yeah. Celtic against us. I, I, Shankler again. Listen, they're they're both they're both two different types of players, but they score goals. Traditionally, we have always went and pinched somebody's striker in the league. That somebody that's scoring goals for somebody else. The only one I can think of at the top of my head is Vlitska. You know, Smith brought him in and scored a couple of important goals. Got goals across the line. Um, but we have we've done it for years. Naismith's another one. You know, we've scoring goals. Boyd, Boyd's the biggest example. Obviously, Boyd. Um, Chris Boyd. Um, to me, like you say, not a Morelos replacement. Far from it. But somebody that could come in, you know, do do a job. Absolutely, either one of them would would probably do. But like you say, ACL injury on this bit, I'd be a worry, especially if he's had a, a couple of them. And Hibs have been notoriously difficult to deal with over the years when it comes to players. Um, so I think I think we'd probably we'd probably go at the table and if. It, probably end up walking away because they'd be looking too much money. Um the same with hearts as well, but rightly so hearts are hearts are sort of flying at the moment. So yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna let go one of their, their biggest assets without getting a hefty fee for them. So uh for me I would I wouldn't really be care if they, if one either one of them landed at the club. Um if they scored goals, that's all that matters, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I, I, I think it was Caroline who, who made a very good point anyway. I, I just don't see Hibs doing business with us no. uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, just I think if we were to go in and inquire about Nisbet, I think we'd be looking at a, a 4.55 million um, fee there. And as Douglas McIntyre, just at the perfect time, come in and says the Rangers tax would, would be applied to it. Um, yeah. Look, so uh, JB, I'll, I'll come to you on, on the next point here. Um we will look ahead, maybe do a wee, a wee look ahead. I know we've not had the press conference from Bill, but I think our next podcast will be on Saturday after after the game. So um, we'll maybe just do a wee brief, brief look ahead to the, to the St. Johnson game. Um, so our biggest talking point for, from that, um, if I remember correctly, uh, Bill said a couple of weeks ago in a press conference that uh, he was expecting Hadji to be back for this game fit. By all counts, I think there was a it was doing the rounds on social media today. I can't remember the name of the of the Romanian journalist, but he said that that Hadji there was a bounce game in training and Hadji back to back to an assist and and a goal. Um, what's what's your thoughts on on, on playing St Johnson on a, on an actual football pitch this yeah. time at the weekend? Um, and what's your thoughts about um having potentially having Hadji back and around the squad? Yeah, I think Hadji and Suter. I think when Beal mentioned it a few few weeks back, uh, that was the game that they were kind of targeting. Uh, there was no chance they were throwing him into the into the the mud bath that was St. Jonathan last week. But uh, I think in terms of this week, I think even just psychologically, I think it'd be great to have him on the bench. Uh, if we could have a bench of Suter, Hadji and Cantwell, 
uh, on Saturday. I think that would just give the whole place that wee bit of a lift. Uh, and again, if you can get them on for the last 10, 15 minutes uh, and it's not a risk, I think it would be great. Um, as Ian Mitchell's put there in the in the comments, I think yeah. it will just give the whole place a lift um, and probably internally within the club as well. Uh, I think everybody knows he's been out for a real long period of time. Uh, he didn't have the best of seasons last season, uh, but I think he was probably just the victim of the, the changeover of manager. Um, never really nailed down a true position, but he's another one that he's just got numbers in, in the bank, you know, like in terms of, and again, without bouncing back too much to the 55 season, he was in double figures for both goals and assists. So if you've got players like that, then um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure bad, but um, I'm sure if we could get Hadji's, uh, if we get more players who can get numbers for us, then I think we'll, we'll be happy. We'll be there a million miles away. You've only got to look at someone like Sakala when you talk about numbers. They're not going to do it for 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? But if they can hit double figures, we've got both goals and assists. I think we'd be um, we'd be in a good place. So yeah, looking forward to seeing him back. But I also see he's been linked with a move to Galatasaray. Yes. Um, so, um, I don't. I mean, I think that's just. I think that's just probably a wee bit of nonsense, given the fact he's just signed a new contract and stuff. But um, no, looking forward to, to having him back. So I think he definitely will add value. Yeah, totally to agree with everything you've just said there, JB. Um, Jock, Curry Muncher here, a uh, really good point. Cantwell and Hadji in the bench would be massive. And if they both get minutes, what a boost to the whole squad. Um, how excited are you to... I mean, even when I was talking about what Cantwell was saying earlier on, I kind of totally forgot about Hadji. I, I mean, yeah. the potential of having two creative players like that on a pitch, I mean, that 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 really, really excites me. What What's your thoughts on, on having two guys available like that for the weekend? That's it. It's like you say, it's exciting because you you know um, you know what Hadi can bring because we've seen it before. Um, he has that says something special. He can just decide to say he can pull something at his arse sometimes. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, the interesting the Galatasaray link. Galatasaray, I think, have been coming in him for now for at least two or three years. Is his dad not something to do with Galatasaray? I think. I think there's a family tie there. Um, yeah. So. I think that's just nonsense. Like TB says, he just signed a new contract, um, which was I think came as a surprise to a lot of people when that was first announced. Because um, I think it was one of the first things Bill did when he came in. They said there would be a there would be an announcement shortly, and I don't think I think everybody sort of thought maybe Kent or Morelos, but then it was Hadi. Because most people, me myself included, you forget Hadi's there. Yeah, because he's you know he's he's been away for so long. So. I, I'm glad to see him back, and I hope he does get some minutes uh, on Saturday because, uh, like GB says, I think it'll lift everybody. It'll lift him as well because he'll be itching to kick a ball, and, and he loves Ibrox, like, as, as we all know. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting him back and just seeing him on the pitch again and get get the numbers into his legs and then um, get him fighting for a starting position and hopefully scoring and creating goals for Rangers. Yeah, that's it. Um, Pete Lawrence here has a wee comment. What about Suter? Will he be back? I also forgot about him, but uh, again, if I remember correctly, uh, Beal did say that this was the game that, that he would also be back for this. I'll stick with you in this one, Jock. Um, what what do you think about about a guy like John Suter and, and, and where can you see him fitting into the, the, the squad for, for the rest of the season? And, and the other question I've got for you is, uh, assuming, assuming everybody's fit, I think I remember saying that and guys in the comments can, can correct me on this, but I think I remember him saying that, that, that Cholak was potentially back fit for this one as well. So given that we've got a new signing, a couple of, a couple of high-profile players returning from injuries, how do you see us lining up and, and where do you see Suter fitting into the squad for the rest of the season? 
I think Shooter's going to have a hard job shifting uh, Golton and, and, and Davies in the middle. They two are, you know, they're, they're getting there. They're, they're, that partnership's forming, and that's what we need is a stable back four. Um, in terms of Cholak, Cholak, we knew, I think it wasn't going to be a risk at the weekend. Um, last week up, up, up that pitch, so good to see him back as well. Um, it's competition. Again, it's competition for places. It's it's just it's giving us options as well. The bench is going to look really strong. Um, so I'm sure um, no matter what lineup he picks, the bench is going to be strong, and St Johnson will be mindful of that as well. Um, I'm just looking forward to to to, to seeing a, a strong bench where we've got options, or we can if, if things aren't going our way, we can turn to the bench for a change and we, instead of looking at going, geez, who's going to come on and do something for us here because it doesn't look good. Um, so I, I would like to see Cholak get some minutes because see he hasn't been on the park for a while. So yeah. um, even if come on and even nick a goal or two, be good for his confidence. And if Sutter comes on and gets a run out again, it's good for his confidence and good to get minutes in the legs of all these guys, you know. Yeah, totally agree with you there. It'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see. I think that's probably the strongest squad we, we, we've had in a wee while. And, and JB, I'll, I'll come to you on, on, on the next sort of point here. Was I felt that the the last game we played against St Johnson, I mean, you can blame the pitch all you want, but I just felt that Rangers were a bit a bit lethargic. Took took a wee while to to, to get going. Um, I, I, I'm expecting a, a different Rangers to, to start this game and. And if you wouldn't mind giving us a wee, a wee predicted lineup as well. Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't step away from the fact they've just come off a really heavy week, you know, in terms of the the 120 minutes on the Sunday um, and then the playing on the plastic pitch, which looked worse than ever, by the way. Yeah. On Wednesday, it looked like Ham- it looked like Hamilton Ackies, you know, like it, it looked, I mean, I don't think it's even 4G, it says it 3G. Um, it genuinely looked like a hockey pitch. Um, so sometimes when you see these these astroturf pitches, you think, oh, they look nice on the eye. That just looked horrible. Um, and you could tell the player, the bounce of the ball, it's the same for both teams, but the bounce of the ball and everything just really looked really awkward. Um, but in terms of the weekend, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know Sholak come on for the last last couple of minutes, didn't he? Um, I don't think he yeah. might have even got a chance to touch the ball, but um, I'd like to, we've just got to start aggressive. Um, I'd like to see us with the the talent and the options that were then, if everything goes according to plan on the bench, I'd like to see us really going for them. One holding midfielder, um, three in front, whose job is just to be is just to terrorise the opposition and get at them, and probably a really good game for Sholak to start if he's got the minutes. Um, I think Alfie's, Alfie, by all accounts, is carrying a knock. Um, he's carrying a bit of weight, mind you, as well, but um, he's definitely carrying that knock still. He still sees not, there's no acceleration in him at all. Um, so I think if we can if we can get Sholak in, um, he, he does strike me as an Ibrox player, Sholak. He seems to be in the right place yeah. at the right time. Um, probably won't have to work as hard um, at Ibrox because you're going to have probably lads around him that will probably do his running. So, um, yeah, no. Real aggressive start for me, and to say the players have had a good week off now. The big decision now is what he does with that that holding midfield. That's going to be the bit that's interesting for me. Um, I think if we start to see if we start if we see two of Jack, um, Jack Lundstrom and Kamara, I think I'll be quite disappointed to be perfectly honest. Unless one's really going to sit and let the other one go. Um, but no, looking forward to it. Um, should be good. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I just, 
as everybody's saying in the in the comments, just the the possibility of 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 Cantwell, Hadji, Kent, um, Tillman, uh, all been on the pitch at, at, at the same time. Just I mean that is really really exciting. With the addition of one player, um, we look like a, hopefully a, a different beast. And yeah, the proof will be in the pudding on on Saturday. Um, Jock, the last thing before you go, uh, I'm just looking for a, a wee quick score prediction and, and how you think. Uh, any scorers, if if you if you'd be so bold as well, uh, I'll say four nil. I'll say Sakala Tillman, a tough penalty. Oh, and I'll go say a golden header. Well, there, oh, there we go. That that would that would be that would be nice. Uh, and and yourself, JB. Um, I'll go with a one nil win. Uh, we'll score <laughs> after the first five minutes, <laughs> and then we'll hold on. And um, yeah, um, now seriously, I think we'll go. With, I'll go with a three nil. Um, and I'll go Tav penalty as well. I'll go Sholak and Tillman. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you guys. I think I think there will be a few goals in in, in this game as well. Um, I just I can't. I've just got a feeling that, that I totally agree with Pete Lawrence here. I think Cantwell's going to come on and score, and I think he's just going to be that's going to be the moment because he's going about, on about it in his press conferences and coaches and and players that he's worked up before. It needs to be loved, and I think if. If it starts off well, I think there could be a real good um, partnership between between Rangers uh, and and Cantwell. Um, Paul McGarrigal here says four 0 um, Ken Alfie Tillman and Cantwell as well. Um, that'd be good as well. But listen, that's us for tonight. Just want to say thank you to everybody for for tuning in and and yeah, there was a lot to talk about tonight. And and, and glad JB could get your uh, get the issues about the ticket and off your chest because it, it was needed. Because I think we're all really frustrated about it. But just want to say um, thanks to you tonight, JB. Yep, cheers. Now good to be on and um, well done to Jock on his first pod as well. Yeah, that's it. He's taking the words right out of my mouth. How, how did you find that tonight, Jock? I really enjoyed it. Love it. Talking about Rangers, hard to beat. That's it. That's it, exactly. Um, just want to say thanks to everybody for, for watching and listening. Just remember, um, drop us a, a like and subscribe. I think we're about 100 away from, from 5k likes on, on YouTube, so really, really trying to get there. That would be amazing for the channel. Um, is um, Jock did a wee bit of my job earlier on um, promoting some of the the, the articles, the, the player profiles on uh, the website that we've got from, from Kai. Uh, some really, really fantastic stuff in there. We've got articles in uh, Whitaker, Raskin, Hadji and Cantwell. Go check them out. Um, and the next pod, unless anything breaks, we might we might be back. We're either going to be doing a pod because Alfredo Morelos is off to Inter Milan or, uh, or, or Nicholas Raskin's um, holding a, a, a a scarf above his head at Auckland Howie but yeah that'll be back on on Saturday um but listen thanks again everybody for 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 watching and we'll see you all again soon